everybody. On this week of Guys Talking Sports, Nick Saban is a little upset about the NIL. Um, Tiger Woods is competing at the PJ Championship in the East and Western Conference Finals. Who's going to make it or who do you think is going to lose? That and a little bit more on this week of Guys Talking Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports, um, where we are here always on another beautiful Thursday evening, um, spring evening, I should say. I'm here to talk about sports, crack some jokes, and all things otherwise. So uh, before we get started for another week of sports talk, I want to give some shout outs and introduce my co-host, Ace and Al. What's up, fellas? Yo, 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 Al. Yeah. Um, so E got his taco beat out, and I ain't mad. You know, you <laughs> <laughs> All right, I I honestly I, I don't know where this is going, so I'm just happy to be here. And I, obviously, I've been missing a lot, so let's just jump right into it. And we've just hit the jokes portion of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Officially, I see. Yeah, clearly Adrian is seeing something that's not there, so I don't know what he's talking about. But uh, well, we don't we don't see the peasy hairs, but you know. The, oh, I don't have talk with me, oh, oh boy. <laughs> I cleanly shave. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep it nice and gotta keep it nice and <laughs> nice and aerodynamic. <laughs> Where is it? Where is this going? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, anyway, well, this week uh, we have, you know, the, the Western and Eastern Conference Finals started with their first game ones. Um, Tiger is back at the PGA Championship with his first round. And starting off, Nick Saban has some salty words about Texas A&M and even threw a, a side jab at his boy, um neon Dion, Dion sanders that was in his Affleck commercials um so let's get started right with the hot topic which is the, um nick saban um at a press conference um last no last night yeah, last night last night um we're promoting something else entirely different from college basketball i mean football the question came about and he and he talked about college football and the nil and how he was not happy with it and saying that is definitely changing the game, called out Texas A&M saying that they paid for all of their players that they recruited. Oh. And then went ahead and, and threw another side shot at um at um Deion Sanders talking about that the kid that they recruited last year, they're a highly um, recruited top five star pick, paid them without, without any kind of proof of evidence, a million dollars and in a million dollars. He didn't say NIL money. He just said he paid a million dollars to come play for the school. Yep. Um, also, and trust also me. Not Miami too. Miami basketball. Oh, Miami basketball. So he was he, he was throwing shots at everybody. Um, so that definitely sent the uh, <laughs> the sports the sports talk on fire this morning. So fellas, what is your reactions to Nick Saban's comments about NIL? Texas A&M, and Deion Sanders. I'm going to refer to 
the residential college football analyst. There's smooth knowing and stuff too. So, you know, yeah, we need it. Um, I think Nick Saban is a little bit salty because, you know, the rich, the rich stay rich. We get this. You know, the rich always gets richer. But, you know, I ain't never seen somebody come out and vehemently say that we were number two last year in recruiting and the number one team in Texas A&M went out there and bought their whole class. And there's documented proof of it. And, you know, came out there and was salty. But come on now, let's be realistic. This is the first year that it was actually legal. <laughs> if we want to go there, you know, I was sitting, I was telling E this morning, like, you know, on the West Virginia message boards, we talk about the McDonald's bags full of money. Come on now. We know that Alabama pulled up the Brinks truck to a bunch of players back in the day, paid them jokers, come on through. They can sit there and say whatever the hell they want. But you trying to tell me, yes, I understand that you guys are winning, but you're trying to tell me that you guys can get the top class every year and not throw a single dime out to somebody prior to it being legal? Right. Yeah, you could pull the wool over some people's eyes, but you damn sure ain't pulling over mine. So they finally get a dose of their own medicine where it's legal and another team came out and did whatever they need to do and, and out-recruited y'all, and now you salty. And then you throw insult to injury, not only when you go and mention basketball, but you got no realm, no no say, no nothing, and you want to take shots in Miami, where you could have easily talked about Miami football and all the money they shelled out to get day jokers to come and transfer from different schools, whatever. But y'all went and targeted the basketball. But then you had to target the one damn school one HBCU that's out there making a, just a, a tiny ripple in the wave of noise in Jackson State just because they got the one player that was supposed to sign to you and y'all ain't get them, so now you salty as shit. Man, sit your ass down. Bottom line, sit down, dude. <laughs> Shut up. Let your boys that have been paying these boys all these years, all this money, let them do what they do and shut up. So you had one damn season, one off season where you weren't number one. And whatever other outlier seasons that you weren't number one, it's probably because some other school ponied up some money to make sure that they could secure that number one spot in the, re in the recruiting rankings. Dude, just, just shut the hell up. Come on now. Now, not only do you look foolish for saying all this crap, for insinuating, well, you know, he comes back on the radio today at 4 30 and was like, well, you know, I, I wasn't insinuating that Texas AM went out there and bought players. And <laughs> I didn't mean to say coach. But Ryan, you said that. You said those words came exactly, out of your mouth. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you gotta say that you insinuated. So now you look like a fool. You got to retract. You got to go out there and make a public apology. Apologize to those coaches that you named indirectly. But you mentioned school. So when you mentioned the school, you mentioned the coach. And now you look silly. 
you know, you look petty. You look like you look like that ex-girlfriend that just knew she can get the girl, the guy that he she just lost, but she lost him to some other chick that was like top rated too. And now you salty as hell because you over here, she he over there looking good, and you over here looking stupid. Man, just cut it out. Just cut it out. And I and I swear, you just made things so much more difficult for your boosters on Alabama because you're crying. And all these high school players and these top these top players that would probably want to go to Alabama, but like, dude, you bitching about some shit. So why don't we go over here and just watch you cry some more? Because that's all you're gonna do when you don't get the top glasses. So just shut up. That's what I got to say about that. Uh, uh <clears throat> I, I will say this. Um, I think it's more so of him being afraid of what is going to happen and this is something that we clam we talked about for years now of making it making the college football a little bit more balanced and i think that he doesn't want it to be to that point where he is actually not the top at the head of the class as you would expect um he's in his feelings uh, you know it's it's sad um, even though he's trying to make up for it. I just think that overall, what it is, is just now showing that how effective the NILs are, have been at this particular point because it's showing that now all these other teams are getting those top recruits now coming into the fold and it's no longer one-sided. And I think that this is something that, quite frankly, if continues, um, it's going to be to a point where Alabama is not always going to be considered one of those top schools. Not going to say now, but maybe down in future, you know, down in the future or something like that, it becomes to the point where it's a lot more balanced. Um, so, like you said, I think he was in his feelings. Um, salty, yes. Um, at this point, it's really going to hurt him in the long run. And quite frankly, it's just him. Like you said, it, it's no sense of him to even cry about it. Like, why are you so concerned about other players going to other programs? I mean, right. focus on the program, focus on the players that's going to your program and figure out what you're going to do for this college football season. Like, there's no reason to worry about other teams at this particular point. But if you want to stay in your feelings, by, by all means, stay in your feelings. That's all I got to say. <laughs> as, as we used to say back in the day, he acting like a real BS in. <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, he's 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 acting very um childish. <laughs> but uh I agree. It's it's saltiness, but 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 let's but but let's keep it real. This is a classic example between the haves and the have nots, and the haves are a little salty. Because all the Supreme Court did was say that college players can make money. And basically making legal what you guys have been doing illegally, you know, for the last 30 to 40 years. All the college said is the shit's legal now. The guys can make money. And so now the Nick Saban's of the world, the Apple Sweeney's of the world, because he says some stuff too. He just ain't named names or, or right. called out programs. Dabble Sweeney. Nick Saban, um, even to a certain degree, Mike Krzyzewski, but he decided to bow out gracefully because he didn't want to deal with the stuff anymore. 
but they're mad because college sports, football, and basketball is not sports. It's big-time business. Mm-hmm. College football seconds to the NFL, which is the king of everybody. So everything is profit for the NFL. College football is profit for the schools, the coaches, the boosters, everybody else except the players. And they've been trying to say that this is college athletics, but when you're having multi-million dollar TV contracts for the all the big five major leagues, whether it's the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, Pac-12, the Big 12, when they're getting multi-million dollar contracts from these networks and they're bringing in 30 or, or $40 million per year, not boosters, not college students paying for it to go to school, and anything else, when you're getting paying all that money from the networks to go into your coffers, that's business. That ain't sports. That's business. If you want to call it sports, then don't take any money. Right. Don't take any money. Only money you take is what you make at the concession stands and what you make coming through the gate and what you might sell at the stores. Outside of that, don't take a single penny from anybody else. But they're going to take it. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to sit there, Alabama. Like for me, it made no, I was surprised because Nick Saban, you don't have to say that. Alabama has been the king of the, the, the king of the playground for the last 10 to 15 years. Yep. You ain't really got to pay nobody. You come in and say, I'm Alabama. All our guys go to the NFL. We play in the BCS championship every year, or at least we're in the mix every year. Mm-hmm. That's enough. You don't. You don't have to pay. Now, why are you bringing in Jackson State with Deion Sanders saying he paid a million dollars? Do they really got a million dollars in their budget to pay somebody? No. <laughs> Deion actually said that he don't even get paid a million dollars. <laughs> the kid came out and said, you paid me a million dollars, but my mom still lives in a three-bedroom house with five kids. If it was somebody that Nick Saban didn't want or he couldn't get, or he didn't think about getting, he wouldn't give a damn, but he's mad because it's probably a player or two that Texas A&M got, or maybe even Jackson State got the one kid that he thought he was going to get, and he can't get because they decided to go to another college because they're offering them the opportunity to make money off their likeness where Alabama, and they did have a couple of guys make, what, $3 million last year from NIL. So what you crying about? Dude. The backup quarter, one of the backup quarterbacks for Alabama made a million by himself. Bryce Young made a million. Dude, he was the backup made a million and didn't sniff the field. <laughs> and your starter made a million, won the Heisman, and you know it's going to double up next year. Exactly. So you are salty because there is a few players that you wanted that you didn't get that opted to probably go to Texas, which really he. Was really the fires for Texas Texas A and M. I don't even know why he brought in Deion Sanders, but it was the fire was really directed at Texas A and M, um, and, and um, and Jimbo. But to me, like I said, I agree with you, Al. This is going to be the start of where the the big guys aren't going to be able to get everybody that they wanted. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's going to become parody in football per se, but Alabama. And, and, you know, is not going to be able to always get the people that they just just walk in the door. Hey, I'm Alabama. I'm Nick Saban. And it's on the line. No, 
either I do a little more work or you're going to have to offer them opportunities to make money, which you may not necessarily want to do, but you're not going to be able to get everybody that you always want. If you wanted 10 players, you're still going to probably get six. You might not get 10, but you're still going to get six. So how is that? So why are you, why are you mad? Because he can't get 10. <laughs> he used to get 9.8 out of 10 every year. Yeah. And in the one season, you get like six, and now you, you cry and foul. You know what I'm saying? That's this this lunacy to me. You know what I'm saying? This this straight up ludicrous. But nah, what that is that what that is is narcissism, because you want everything done in a particular way to the point where where something changes in no matter what the situation is. Like you said, if it's nine out of ten players that he usually get, and he gets to the point where he can't accept even six, that's a that's that's really something to be looked at. Right by all accounts, like if you're in that, if, if your feelings is that in that such of a way where you can only accept a certain amount, and you, when that doesn't happen, you come out blazing in your emotions and everything in regards to other teams. That's really that's a sad thing. That's a really sad thing. You've been number one in the college football rankings for so many years now. So when other teams start to step up or do things differently where they're not they're trying to balance out things and you can't you have to complain about it, that's something that's a it's a bad look, regardless. Agree. Agree. You know what I'm saying? And then I read somebody in my West Virginia message board, and yes, we all know I'm a West Virginia homer, but no I'm, not, I'm not here talking West Virginia. They we post other stuff too. Mm-hmm. And they post something based out of California where there is a, uh, uh, a, a uh, something that was sent to legislature where they're trying to pass a law where all Pac-12 schools will have to sit there and take 50% of the revenue that they get they generate from football, men's basketball, and women's basketball and pay all of their athletes in all of their sports based off of 50% of the revenue that they generate. Dang, they they don't fight tooth and nail for that one. They, they ain't going to want to do that. The university is not going to last. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is what California is doing. But if they pass that into law, this ain't got nothing to do with the universities. This sure. has everything to do with the politicians in the state of California and the people who vote for it. True. If they vote that into law, then what? And, you know what? And, and 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 just to think, let's say that even if college, you know, as a whole, along with the NCAA said, okay, you can get your multi-million dollar contracts, you know, whatever, you know, whatever um, conference you're affiliated with. But instead of taking 50%, take 10% of whatever you get the multi-million dollars that you get mm-hmm. and then spread that around and pay equally across all sports. And you, and you know what you, what you would have or what you wouldn't have? The NIL. Yep. True. You want to have these collectives coming up and popping up and doing all this stuff. That's true. If you, if you would have gave them a couple of coins <laughs> and that's all, the, and that's all, all the lawsuits prior up to, you know, the NIL, with the Supreme Court, 
That's all the, the lawsuits were. Just allow them to make a little bit of money. And they said, no, we keeping everything. And they went to Supreme Court and Supreme Court said, no, this is an antitrust. You can't do that. Did, did you also hear that the NCAA spent $70 million in legal fees over the course of years for them to get to the Supreme Court and get voted nine to nothing to say that this is antitrust? $70 million badly spent. <laughs> they could have easily just took that money Gave it to the gave it to the unit. I mean, to the players. Exactly, and nobody. You think them players would them players would be happy with ten thousand dollars a year? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about just football players. This give it to all scholarship athletes across all sports, across the board. They could have easily done that. All the money they're making from the TV revenue mm -hmm. from football, and we know football is king. Even basketball. And you ain't got to say, well, you know, lacrosse or volleyball or softball. You don't just evenly spread it out. Yep. And 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 it wouldn't even have mattered if Alabama was able to get twenty thousand a year versus a Rutgers was able to get ten or twelve. It still would have left the student athlete up to the point like they're still recruiting me. They're still doing X Y Z. True. I'm still getting twelve thousand dollars a year. I can't complain because I'm getting something. And I still get to go to the school of my choice, and there's no pressure or anything like that. It's everybody would have got something, and everybody would have been happy. Walk-ons and and uh, preferred walk-ons, you could work out some agreement where, yeah, they may not be able to get some monetary value, but maybe they can get their meals subsidized or something like that. Everybody would have been happy. And God forbid you have a player like uh, you know Eric Lagrange from Rutgers that you know. You know, gets injured and becomes you know a paraplegic. You know, paraplegic. Let's say he plays two years and gets ten grand a year, so that's twenty grand. You know, for two years, and he injures. At least he has something to help out with his medical bills. Exactly. True. True. Exactly. You know, what I'm saying? Saying? it's nothing to do with school. It's ain't nothing to do with lodging. This is just put this in your back pocket, sir. Do with it whatever you want. Invest it. Do whatever it is that you want. Help family. It would have been good. Could have been done a long time ago. Do you think that now, with everything being the way that it is, do you think that there's going to be a school that actually does something that leads towards that? This is what the pack. This is what California is trying to do now. No, I mean, <laughs> I get that with the California. I mean, in the Pac-12, but in regards to. Well, I guess that kind of does answer that question, yeah. Um, but like you said, that's all that's all politics, though. But unfortunately, it can't happen now. You you can't say a Rutgers can say, you know what, we got uh, we got five hundred thousand dollars allocated for all student athletes to come in on scholarship, paid equally. Boom. And Joe Schmo, who's seriously considering uh, Rutgers, could get twelve thousand five hundred dollars a year, but he gets a phone call from, I don't know, from South Carolina, and they turn around and say, well, look, we can give you $75,000 a year if you come to us. Okay. You, you got to be a fool not to sit there and say, well, the hell with Rutgers. I'm going to South Carolina because I'm making $60,000 more. Yeah. Until it's regulated, until it's a fair, even system, ain't nothing going to change. And that's, in my opinion, should have been a job of the NCAA. That's what NCAA had their job. The NCAA could have came in and said, okay, we know different conferences are getting different monies based on TV contracts and whatever. 
but they could have instituted and say, make it be flat across the board. Mm -hmm. Flat across the board, no matter what conference, no matter what sport, you can get, let, let's say at, at the lowest end, five grand, you know, a year across all sports. Right. Now, would you probably have still some people trying to go in and, and do a little extra? Probably, but you wouldn't be where you're at right now. Transfer portal might be something slightly different, and maybe even that could have got curtailed a little bit too, because I think the NIL and the transfer portal was kind of hand in hand and how they kind of both, you know, metastasized. Um, and but still, the NCAA had some backbone and it was actually a real legit thing. Then they could have said five grand across the board, everybody get on board. And if you don't, then it's going to wind up what it is right now. And now it's the wild, wild west. Yep. Nice and simple. Yeah. And it don't matter what school you go to, the Alabamas, or you go to the Florida International, or you go to Across Hawaii. Board. Right. Five grand. You can't tell me no incoming freshman going to sit there and turn down five grand free money. On top of free education, which we all know they're not, depending on the sport, they're not going. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and knowing the freshman will probably blow through that joint within three, four months. But hell, what you do with the money is on you after that point. <laughs> exactly. We gave it to you. <laughs> That's all that matters. Don't be crying, don't be crying broke because you spent 4000 that joint on weed. You know, don't, don't cry broke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So crazy yeah well you know this is going to be a interesting story i wonder if, if any more is going to you know come out of this but you know whew, nick saban set off some shots so like like you said acc football with texas a&m plays alabama should be very very interesting <laughs> oh yeah it, it's, it's gonna be um, but switching over, um, we all want to talk a little bit about, um, before we get to basketball, some some golf. Um, the PGA Championship started off today. It was in, um, I believe it was in Oklahoma um, this year, out somewhere in the Midwest. Um, but obviously, Tiger Woods, who's still recovering or recuperating from his injury from the, uh, the car accident, um, was in the mix, shot four plus over. Um, but the fact that he's even out there at this particular point, even when he played at the Masters, is still something to be um, something to marvel at. Um, I know we don't talk about golf too much here, but um, fellas, do, what is your expectation of Tiger Woods? And do you even have even expectation at all for him in this uh, in the PGA Championship? I mean, well, first things first, the fact that he's back and doing it, to be honest, is is remarkable. Um, especially with the injuries that he suffered um, during that accident. So I think overall, I think that he's still going to be must-see TV no matter what, because as long as Tiger is playing, their viewership is going to skyrocket um, without question, because everybody's going to tune in to see exactly what Tiger is going to do. So I think um, even though he may be four over or par at the, at the moment, as long as he feels okay, and long as he eases himself back into actually going, doing the walking and all that stuff, um, as long as he's playing, I think it's still going to be a boost no matter what. 
Um, no matter what he does, no matter what the outcome is, I know a lot of people are still going to root for him, of course. But no matter what the outcome is, it's not like this is the same Tiger that was winning championships after championships. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. But overall, the fact that he's playing is only going to help boost their ratings without question. I agree. Um, everybody wants to see how Tiger is going to come through with all this. You know, everybody wants to see. We understood that he played so well in the U.S. Open. Um, he was down. In the Masters. I'm sorry, in the Masters, right? Played well in the first round. And they could see after every round he progressed and he got, you could just say he got worse every round, you know, because the knee played a factor with all the walking and all that type of stuff. So they're probably just more curious to say, okay, can he do, can this, will he regress in the second round moving forward? In this particular uh, tournament, he played not so great the first round. See how he does in the second round. But, I mean, you still got to give him his flowers. Just, I mean, the man even – nobody even gave this man much of a chance that he might be able to walk again, let alone do what he's doing. So, I, I – you know, personally, I don't care if how he finishes. Just knowing that he put out there, he gave it his best shot. You know, that's all you can really ask. And if he turns around and somehow miraculously finishes with a top 10 in one of these tournaments, you'd be like, wow. Then we can sit there and say Tiger might have a legitimate opportunity to win another tournament sometime in the near future. Yeah, I think, like you said, um, Al, it's, it's the viewerships. And, you know, I guess they're all hoping that, you know, Tiger Woods makes the cut. And I'm kind of hoping he makes the cuts too, but you mean – coming from where he came, where his leg was almost, you know, amputated to where he is, was in the Masters back in April. I mean, you know, that's that's a, you know, that's a feat amongst itself. No one expected him to even be at the Masters, you know, let alone, you know, make the cut, um, per se. Um, but in this one, I have no expectations for him, you know. It'll, it'll, you know, I hope he makes the cut, but, you know, it's a progression, and I think he he noted, you know, a couple of months ago that he's never going to be the player that he was, probably never be able to compete at a sustained high level like he used to. I mean, we can see him get up and get into tournaments, and, yeah, he shot a four over, but he shot better than some other people that don't have the injuries that he has. Um, so we'll see what happens you know, in the second round. But... Golf has tried to exist without Tiger Woods on a couple of occasions, and it don't look good. <laughs> right. It don't look good. Um, there are a lot of nice, young, good, hungry players out there. Um, you know, they got the Dustin Johnsons, the Rory McIlroys, um, Bryson, you know, Bryson Deschambeau and, you know, Rom and all those guys out there. They're good, but collectively they don't even come up to even half of what you know Tiger was at his apex. True. And you don't even have a collection of guys that can even make you even forget about, you know, you know, who he is. So golf kind of needs him to keep the viewership up. I mean, they're still gonna do do their thing, but yeah. if he's in there and if he makes the cut tomorrow, that means he's playing on the weekend. Whether he's I mean, in contention, he's probably not, but 
you know, it's just nice to see the man out there and being able to accomplish what I think he must accomplish and say to himself, I can still compete at a high level, but I think he knows that his chances of winning another major are probably, you know, close to zero. He might be able to get into the tournament depending on the field and how many you know people it is and he does have to walk a lot, you know, and, and terrain. Um, but I don't know, just it'll be interesting to see if he makes a cut for this one, you know, maybe he does, but you know, more power to him. Yeah. Without question. Without question. Because like you said, anybody else could have just been like, you know, I'm just going to stay home or stay retired, but like he's putting his, his effort into it, which is still remarkable. So do you think the, uh, the, the ghost of Jack is still haunting him? And that he regrets, not so much he regrets, but he thinks about the actions that led up to his indiscretions that led him to kind of have that accident coming out of his driveway back before he got his divorce. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but a lot of those actions and things that took place is the reason why He's still chasing that ghost because he was very well, you know, he was very much on pace to be the new Jack. If he hadn't gone through that transgression with the wife and having to go through counseling and taking time away and his mental got all screwed up. If, you know, where would, I mean, take out that chunk of time and just replace that with this dedicated tiger, this being tiger is still having his injury. Do you think he would have already caught Jack by this time? And then would his life be different? Do you think he would be trying to do what he's doing now if he would have had that legitimate shot between, the, I don't know, that was five or six years that he kind of took a toll on his psyche? Not the saying that, you know, the injuries that he had during all that wouldn't have happened, but think about it. He won, what is it that he won that Masters on the torn ACL? Was it the Masters in the U.S. Open? U.S. Open. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. The man won the damn U.S. Open on the torn ACL. I mean, you know, again, this is all speculation. This is all BS. This is all whatever. But it just makes you think, like, if that, if that, that, that sliver of transgression that took place in his life didn't happen, would we even have this conversation? even if he would have had that accident that he had, because he might have already caught Jack and then and then passed it. Uh, I, yeah, there's a lot of kudos in the, in the mix of that, um, because even though he was at his prime, it was always guaranteed that he would win. Um, there's been some times where other people can do some upsets. Um, but, but I think overall, I think that, you know, with Tiger, it's, he is that mindset of a champion um, to at least try to do it until the wheels come fall off. Um, I think that right now, overall, he's just enjoying the moment now. I think where with everything that happened, I think that he's just right now just enjoying the moment as is and just trying to continue to live in the moment. Um, I think that's what's making it easier for him. I think is what's making what's why he's at at peace with everything that he has done. Um, even with the transgressions and everything that happened to him, I think he's at peace now where he's just enjoying the moment. 
Um, especially nothing was more adamant about that when he was playing with his son. So uh, yes. I think that overall he's in a world of just content and he's good with where things are right now. And I can't speak for him. I'm just, I'm just, you know, just um, thinking about it, but it's just the fact that I think that right now he's just happy where he is at this stage um, where he doesn't have to really focus on the championships per se, but just, just going out there and playing golf and enjoying the aspect of playing golf. Yeah. I I think he's made some piece. I'm not going to say he's made a hundred percent piece because there's still that 10% competitive person in him that still wants to be out there, which is why he's out there right now. True. Um, I think Ace is not so much the transgressions, but I think it's the self-inflicted injuries that he put on himself by doing all that Navy SEAL training, which really hurt, you know, his knees and his ankles to the point where he's out there and you occur those injuries. Um, right. I think if he didn't do a lot of those, that training, I think that would have extended his career without the injuries a little bit longer. I mean, he won the Masters a couple of years ago. And then prior to that, he was in the mix for, you know, the British Open and the U.S. Open where he was in lead going into the first round and got got and got got caught, but he was dealing with the back injuries, the knee injuries. I think all those injuries robbed him of probably five good solid years where he could have been playing at a, at a much more higher level. Would he have caught Jack? Yeah. Even with, I think, all the transgressions, you take out the injuries because when you go on a golf course, yeah, you got to – it's peaceful out there. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think if you've been to a golf course before, mm-hmm. it's just calm. It's peaceful. There's nobody around. Just there with your boys. No one really talking about it, or at least not, you know, joking with you about it. But, but then again, that's the you know golf tournaments. Everybody's around. But at least there, you can kind of zone out everything and just play. So. I think more so the injuries than the transgression because he was able to eventually come back and win tournaments and win a major after all that. But the one thing you know is from playing sports and you two out injuries, you know, the more you get, the worse, you know, the more rock it takes from you. Oh yeah. What you heard of me, that's it. <laughs> Trust me. That my knee injury from playing high school football, me and my Al Bundy moment. <laughs> Well, that shit now. Five <laughs> touchdowns of Polkai. <laughs> <laughs> no, my one problem was knocking out a Joker for a Westfield game. You know what I'm saying? That's that's my problem. Um, Westfield. <laughs> <laughs> was that was it? Was I at that game? I don't know. Was that senior year? It might. Yeah, I think it was senior year. I, I blindsided the hell out of that. You know, and he went out and. They had to carry him off the field to be a Brock and did a little high five. You know, old, old game. don't get no damn, uh, we don't get no love. <laughs> that Westfield game, though, that way. <laughs> he gets no love. He played in the trenches. Uh, uh, 
Not, not, not to get off topic, I was at a lot of those football games their senior year, but I wasn't really paying attention to the game. I was trying to... <laughs> I <had> to <laughs> I'm, I'm just mad you ain't getting a number for me. You didn't say that. You, know, that you, know, that you, know, that you had your helmet on. They couldn't see you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that guy that just laid that man out. <laughs> Yo, that guy that just laid that man out right there. I think he wants to holler. You think he wants to holler? <laughs> yeah, trust me, I know because you know you have a little bit of surgery when you're 20, 21 years old. You're like, ah, oh, whatever. When you're in your 40s, man, whoo, that surgery comes back and bites you in the ass. Something awful. You're sitting there wondering why your knee won't bend the way it used to, and you sit there and think about all the things like, oh, it was that damn injury, huh? I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you know the when you know it's when you know it's about to rain before the rain even comes. Yeah, I know you know yeah. about that. I know you know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you be like, what's the weather today? Rain. <laughs> How you know? I got no comment about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know anything about that, and hopefully I won't ever have to, but you guys have those injuries. I hope you don't, man. I hope you don't. Yeah. But you know, well, hey. speaking about injury, well, speaking about injuries, a perfect segue into the uh, basketball um, Eastern Conference Finals, um, which is going to be one-one after tonight. Um, most people are questioning whether or not Al Horford or Marcus Smart was going to actually play in this game. I'm not sure if Marcus Smart was. I think was was ruled out, and I think Al Horford was doubtful. I'm not sure if he's playing, but. If Marcus they're not playing, and don't, huh? Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart should be playing right now. Oh well, they, they had him up. They like the last minute they had him as available. Oh, okay, well, I will say this: uh, whatever you know, whatever they were doing is working because Boston Celtics are whooping the snot nose out of Miami, eight to fifty-three. So that series is getting ready to be tied. Um, the Go to St. Warriors series is 1-0, but I don't really count the first game per se because it's always the fill-out games. Um, but to you guys, um, not who do you think is going to come out of both those series? Wow, I think the East is going to go seven. I think. I think this is Miami's time to shine. Only because I say that only because the offseason is going to bring a lot of turnover to Miami. I don't think I don't think a lot of the players that you see with Miami now is going to be with you know their core is going to be with them after this season. So it's either like a, a do or die situation for Miami. Unlike Boston, their core is there. You know, um Brown and Tatum, they're going to make sure that those two stay together. Marcus Smart signed his contract. They're together. Harford came in, signed his multi-year contract. They're there. They'll do what they need to do to sign their you know, their, their bench players and do whatever to try to keep that core together. But their main core is together. Miami's main core, you can guarantee, is not going to be together. It's not going to look the same come next season. So they got to do what they need to do now. Because they had their shot in the bubble, they didn't do it. With the same core, give or take. 
I don't think there's too much turnover between the 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 the, the bubble team from Miami and this team now. It's only what two years, so I think it's pretty much the same. Well, they didn't have um, they didn't have Kyle Lowry um, or even Victor Oladipo, which he hasn't really done too much anyway. But true, true. Or or but, PJ Tucker, which has been a which was which a huge pickup for them. But I'm talking about the the spot up shooters that they have. The uh, I can't think of their names, but I, I think of them as one of the same. You talk about Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Yes, you know. Lowry, all them jokers are nice, but it's those two in my mind are the two that separates them from being that team and then being really that team because them hitting them threes is a huge difference. When them two are locked in, that team is unbeatable. Please refute me. I, I, no, I, no, no, no. What I'm just saying is because um, Duncan hasn't been playing in these payoffs at all. Um, it's been really, it's really been Tyler Hero, um, Gabe Vincent, and Max Strauss. Strauss. Mm-hmm. I think those have been the, the the key pieces that has gotten the heat over. But you did bring up an interesting theory because, to be honest, even though Boston may be um, beating um, the Heat right now, they're still missing Kyle Lowry. I think he's going to be that X factor in this finals, um, Eastern Conference finals. And once he gets back, I think that is going to change the narrative of this. Because I have to be honest with you, at first I did have Miami going all the way to the finals. But I have to admit, I'm really now looking at Boston as the team to beat um, at this point because they have all the momentum. And I think that I I just really need to see what um, a full heat and Boston Celtics series will really look like. And when I mean a full, full healthy team, that includes Kyle Lowry. I think Kyle Lowry is going to be that missing piece that will put Miami over the hump. And until he comes and starts playing, I think that they're going to have a difficult time dealing with the Boston um, Celtics at this stage. Uh, yeah. Um... I'm still going with Boston in this one. I would actually go with the Heat if Kyle Lowry was actually playing. If he comes back and he's still dealing with a hamstring injury, you don't know what Kyle Lowry is going to get, whether you're going to get a 50% or you're going to get a 60% or you're going to get a 40%. Mm-hmm. If they had a healthy Kyle Lowry playing in this, in this series, I would actually lean really towards the Heat. But for me, uh, they both have a good defense. Um, but the one thing with Miami, Miami goes as um, as Jimmy Buckets goes. And if Jimmy Buckets is not really doing this thing, there's really nobody else that's there capable, in my opinion, to really do much if Jimmy Buckets is not on his game. Now, if you have Kyle Lowry, then yes. But outside of that, I uh, bam, out of, out of bottle. I mean, he's a center, so... He's not a Joel Embiid type. Outside of that, I oof. Is James Buckets a bust? But when the when the Heat are hitting their threes, the Heat are tough to beat. Yeah, but the problem is, is oh, I'm sorry, guys. I was going to say, yeah, when they're hitting their threes, yes, they're tough to beat. 
But if they have bad games and you got to expect them to hit their threes, four games out of seven, and they don't always hit it, if they're a little flaky and they're flaky tonight, <laughs> then you get this. I think Boston is just a little bit more of a complete team because they don't, they can shoot the three, but they don't have to rely on the three. Right. I completely agree. And I think Boston's defense right now is stellar. Um, probably one of the best defenses um, that's left in this out of these four teams, which kind of makes me pushing towards Boston winning the title. Um, I think that right now they're in a position where they can stop Miami's three-point shooting. And quite frankly, if they stop Miami's three-point shooting, then that's their blueprint to beating the Warriors um, if they were to make it into the finals. So Ooh. this is right now Boston's test of their defense. And if they can handle Miami, I'm pretty sure that they'll – I'm more confident that they can handle the Warriors um, if they were to meet them in the finals. Wow. This is wow. Boston. And quite frankly, this is Boston's time to shine. Like, there's not even a, 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 a in in fans or butts. For Jason Tatum to put be over that hump as an actual superstar, this is their defining moment. This series alone is their defining moment. Because if they can't get past Miami in this series, they still have a lot of work to do. And that's if barring no injuries or whatever the case may be. But I think that they're, out of the four teams, they're probably one of the best defensive teams um, that's left. And defense wins championships. And I really believe that the more I think about it, the more I'm more confident in going with Smooth and saying that Boston has what it takes to win a title with the remaining teams. So, if, so you're saying if Boston takes this series, regardless who comes out of the West, it's, it's Boston that's going to come out and win everything. I would be confident in Boston um, if they win this if they win this series. I would be a lot more confident Boston will win the title. Um, it's, I, I, the Golden State Warriors, I'm not knocking them. I'm really not. I just have a feeling that this is the blueprint that they are utilizing to work their way towards Golden State. And I really believe that if that was that is the case, they can get it done. They're going to treat Tyler Hero like a, a, a Clay Thompson – uh, or a Steph Curry or a, um, a Jordan Poole. They have the, def the, the defensive matchups to switch on every defender. So the, every person that they're playing against, whoever playing whatever position, they have the players to guard all positions. So I think overall they're going to utilize that and continue to utilize that. Um, their defense is going to help get them to over that hump. I truly believe that. So you're saying that Dallas has no shot over Golden State? Dallas has no shot over Golden State. It's not a knock on Dallas. It's just that what everybody's been saying, Luka is a superstar. You really need somebody else to step up. Um Outside of Brunson, outside of Spencer Dinwiddie, they need some other extra manpower. Like Luca can, and Luca has to pass the ball. He has to trust his teammates. Um, outside of Spencer Dinwiddie, I don't see him trusting anybody else at this stage. 
Everybody at their point is getting their own shots, especially with Dallas. They don't move the ball as much to get the offensive flowing. Everything flows through Luka. Luka is either going to pass it to someone he trusts or he's going to shoot it. And there's only a few people on that team that he will pass it to that he trusts. So you're saying the injury to the Hardaway was a really huge injury to Dallas because... Actually, to be honest, I think the injury to Hardaway opened up the door for him to trust more people. Because if Hardaway was still... If I think if Hardaway was healthy, I think that it was just been one more person that he wouldn't have trusted. I think, but quite frankly, Jason Kidd has done a remarkable job with the team that they have because, quite frankly, I never really thought that they would get over the hump, which brings me back to the fact that the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> the Phoenix Suns at this point, I, I, I am still in shock at how things left the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, quite frankly, I'm very disappointed in how things were. I mean, because I know we didn't talk about them their game seven the last time we was on. Uh, but I I really have no words for Phoenix. I, I really don't. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, the blueprint that Golden State is doing now is what Phoenix should have done against the Dallas Mavericks. But did. Or Phoenix should have done more than just two games. Perfect. Oh, the first two games, right? Because they won those first two games. And ever since then, that was a downhill. So, they, it, 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 the coaching, it, it should have been a point where you should have told Devin Booker to shut the shut the fuck up <laughs> and just play your game. Because once they got up 2-0 and he was all up in Luca's face and doing all this chatter, chatter, chatter and talking, no, play your game. I mean, he went from playing much more physical defense and just wanted to just challenging them and pissing them off. And then he got you. <laughs> he got you, but I, but, but I'm with you. Does Dallas have a shot? Yeah. But if they're going to, if Golden State plays more, what's the word I'm saying? What's the word I'm looking for? Discipline basketball and keep them bodies at Luca and get them frustrated. Cause he doesn't like to get hit. He does. And, and he can't defend. And they were doing that against them at least three games. In those three games, Phoenix won easily, but they let their ego and everything get in front of them. They started chattering and started, you know, watching, you know, smell themselves before the game was over, and they got blown out <laughs> in St. Game Seven in their home court. So I think, I think um, Dimwitty and um, Brunson can get you a game, mm-hmm. and they probably will get him a game. I don't, they, I, I, they can't get you four by themselves and and they're going to need Luca's going to need them to get them at least two games and then he can try to eke out two games as long as he can have a 40 and 50 point game and go to state will probably live with them having they might be able to live with them having 40 and 50 as long as nobody else does nothing and, but, and the thing and the thing about it is is that and this is why I think their defense is going to work because they're going to get him frustrated to the point where he's going to start forcing the issue and try to do things by himself to the point where he's not even going to get anybody else involved. And I think that's really what part what their game plan is. They're really going to force the issue where the, the, the 
their job is to frustrate Luca. Regardless, he's going to tend up making mistakes. He's not going to trust his team. He's going to try to do it all by himself and carry the team because of out of his frustration, which is going to in turn it's going to help make Dallas implode. Which and all goes they have to do is keep hitting their shots, which looks like they've been on a tear recently. So I, I really think that overall, and I, I know we're you know, but I'm just I think that overall that Golden State has Dallas's number. Now, don't get me wrong. I said that before with Phoenix, and then look what happened. <laughs> so, um, I will say never say never. But uh, if they stick to the blueprint, then they should be able to win this series easily. easily. Well, well, hell, Phoenix, if they were stuck to their blueprint, they would win that shit easily too. So, But like Smooth said, they got overconfident. And look what happened to Golden State when they got overconfident in the previous round. That is also true. <laughs> that is also true. So all I'm saying is I kind of like the underdogs. You know what I mean? I'm not saying – I don't look at Boston as an underdog. I really look at Miami no. as an underdog. And I would not be surprised at all if it's a Miami-Dallas championship. To be honest, that would be new. That would be something mm-hmm. I would – I mean, it ain't nothing new. I mean, Dallas took took uh, D Wade, Bronny, and no, 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 no. When I, I'm sorry. What I mean, new is is something that's refreshing because oh. new faces, new faces, and yes, 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 yes. So yes. that would be new. Um, something that I'm pretty sure a lot of media wouldn't be happy with. But at the end of the day, it's something. Who cares? I know. Who cares about the media? But my point is, is that it's something that fans would eventually would enjoy. Yeah, it wouldn't, and it wouldn't shock me if Dallas came out there with the win. Because I know it sounds crazy. You got a fat Luca. You know, Luca is not the most fit dude. I mean, it, it just is what it is. He's he's a thick kid, you know what I'm saying? And he plays ball, and he's damn good at it. And he's slow. He's just like Dirk. And even Dirk was tall and skinny as he was, plays the exact same way as Luca. So it, it it just I don't know I don't know if the stars are going to align like that I don't know how it's going to work out but it, it just seems a little eerily similar that it could go down that road and it wouldn't shock me if it ended up being a Dallas Miami type of championship. It, it, it wouldn't shock me either. I mean, like they're, they're both capable um, yeah, uh, of winning. Um, do I have confidence in both of them to make it? Not necessarily, but they're they're highly capable. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but um, I'll finish up with this on the on the Golden State side. If they get the same kind of production they got out of Andrew Wiggins and in Jordan Poole like they got in Game One, Dallas ain't winning. But how many, times, how many times have we talked about Andrew Wiggins in the, in the playoffs? Like I said, they can <laughs> able to get <laughs> if if. <laughs> They get the same kind of production out of Andrew Wiggins. And let me phrase that. If they're able to get the same kind of production out of Jordan Poole that they got in the first round, in this round, then Dallas is not going to win because Jordan Poole was non-existent in Memphis, which is a big reason why Memphis was <laughs> about to hand in the ass and until they finally got serious about the whole thing and, and, and buckle down and, you know, and play some basketball. Right. But uh, other side, 
I'm gonna go with Boston, but I'm with you, Ace. It wouldn't shock me if if Miami if Miami beats them in six or seven. Agreed. They did beat them in the bubble, so we shall see. Oh, that was it was a similar matchup in the bubble. Hmm. Yeah, it was um, Miami yeah. Boston for the um in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, Miami winning that series. But it's a few different players, different a different coach on Boston side, so it's uh. I think boss is looking for a little bit of payback. Yeah, without question. All right, fellas, we are at way over our time. So uh, as always, you know, we're happy for everyone to listen in, subscribe, and we got no comments tonight, you know, good or bad. <laughs> so um, let them know where they can find you out, fellas. Uh, you can find me at uh, Twitter at uh, CatDaddy1963 and CatDaddy1963 and Twitter. But I can also say that the Yankees are human, and they did not sweep Baltimore today. They actually lost the game. I knew so, that. Hey, it's all good. Mm. I knew that it was going to happen. Um, I'll take you yeah. any day. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but you can also, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram. I am our Qualls. Twitter, Instagram. I am our Qualls. And by uh, and I will also like to mention that you will not see. Uh, or see, view, or listen, or hear a Patrick Beverly sighting over here. <laughs> Woo! Hey, he's totally not, missed that one. He's not well liked. Mm-hmm. He, we totally missed to talk about that. Anyway, <laughs> you can find me at <laughs> Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at JE Ross number seven. And as always, everybody, we want to thank you for listening in, subscribing. Until next time, we well, shall hold on. see you. Well, hold on. So you saying James Harden shouldn't get the maximum? Say what? Say what? So you saying that Pat Beverly is incorrect when saying that Harden should get the max? No question asked. Two hundred and seventy million, whatever, whatever. He said James Harden should get the max. Yes. Or should he vehemently, vehemently, hands down. He said yes. He should get the max. Anyway, <laughs> this is why Pat Beverly is now nothing, nothing against Pat Pat Beverly, the, the player, but Pat Beverly, the analyst, needs to be checked, and that's all I'm gonna say about it. He ain't getting no job at ESPN, I can tell you that, unless he's oh. just playing the villain. <laughs> and they he like some balls at ESPN. He better all starting a podcast like Kwame Brown. Yeah, he will. <laughs> all right, fellas. See ya. Couple of